0: Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Lemington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Brilliant. Great to see you all. How are you all doing? They quiet this morning. They quiet. It's like, have you seen ants? We've had a few ants at our house and when they come out, when the sun comes out, they're like... They stop like that, you know, and suddenly the sun goes in and they were busy fevering fevering away. But um, yeah, no, it's great. How's this side doing? Come on, you have permission to be vocal. How's this side doing? (laughs) This side, how are we doing? (laughs) Yay, fantastic. Really, really good. Brilliant. It's great. The more vocal we are, the the more it encourages those that are speaking, it draws out. God's put a message on my heart today, but you've got a role in that because as you you engage and and, um, actively engage... get involved, it'll draw, draw more out of me as well, so we thank God for that. Big well. let's pick it up to those who are listening on podcast today, <laughs> come on, because people are listening in, all the time on podcast, um, and literally from around the world, so isn't that wonderful, it's a great resource for people, we're not trying to make a name for ourselves, but it's a resource for us the local church when we're not in church, and we can tune in to what, the, what, was, what was said in the week before, Okay, so that's really, really good, it's always an honour to open up the book isn't it? Whether it's in our devotion times or whether it's um, a, a chance to, in, in life groups or, or communicating God's word is always, always a privilege. And we never take that for granted. You know, people have died for this book yeah, come on. because it's not just any old book. Yeah. It is the living, living, breathing word of God. Yeah. So why would people die for it? Because it's a very real enemy of our souls. That doesn't want this book to get into the hands of men and women around the globe. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. It's true. Even today, we have the freedom of, of, of meeting together publicly. But who knows of underground churches who do not have this freedom? Let's not take it for granted, yeah? Amen. So let's, um, we're just going to be looking at uh, continue our, our look at Galatians. And uh, we're in part five of a six-part series. Um, The final part will be concluded in two weeks' time. But don't worry if you've not joined us, if you're here for the first time. If you don't know me, my name's Dave. I'm one of the leaders here. And it's great to have you with us. And it's great to be able to speak into your life today. We're in part five of a six-part series. We have different communicators. Chris did a fantastic job a few weeks ago. Thank you, Chris, and and Leanne last week. And uh, so I'm on part five of of six. And uh, a bit of intro into it. So it's believed to be the first letter written by... Paul Saint Paul was one of the early apostles um, who wasn't one of the original 12 disciples that were, were discipled by Jesus but he was actually a persecutor of the early church and he would drive many into prison and he was on his way to Damascus when he actually saw a revelation of Jesus Christ and he was blinded and, uh, and literally after three days his eyes, scales from his eyes came off and he believed in Jesus was who he said he was and so his life was changed upside down uh, for the good as he had an encounter with Jesus. Give us a way of have an encounter with Jesus. Brilliant. Around this world, people have encountered Jesus all the time throughout church history because it's not just a dusty old book. It's not just a religion of things that we do every Sunday. It's a living, breathing face because of a relationship with, with Jesus Christ. So Paul's life was turned upside down. And he planted churches. He planted churches in Galatia, which is like modern-day Turkey. And um, he preached a gospel. Gospel means good news. He preached a message of, of faith in Jesus Christ alone. About 18 months, he hears some news that some, um, some Christian Jews, so Jewish people that became Christians, were coming into the churches in Galatia, but were starting to preach a different set of different gospels, a different set of good news, which is one which says, actually, it's not just about faith in Jesus, it's faith and what you do. That actually... Faith in Jesus isn't good enough. It's about doing good deeds. Faith and good deeds. And so this is believed to be the first letter to the churches in Galatia that Paul wrote, um, of all his letters. And Paul is angry. He is angry because this is is make or break. People are turning away from the, the message that they first heard him speak to a different gospel, and he's angry. And you can read and you can feel and you can sense his, his anger lifting off the pages as we read. And he's, he's angry because he loves dearly these people. He was ill. It's believed perhaps he had an eye infection. And it, such was the love of the people to Paul at the time. They would, it says he wrote that they would even plucked out their eyes and given them to him if they could because they loved Paul. They loved what he stood for. But now they've drifted, and things can drift in our lives if we allow them. And so Paul is angry. He's writing this letter. And this is the key verse, if you like, for the whole um, of this message series. Galatians chapter five, and verse one. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by yoke of slavery. I wonder if we could just say that out loud together. Come on, after three. One, two, three. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, And do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. And if you like, that for me is the the pinnacle verse underlying what this whole series is about in the book of of Galatians, having freedom in Christ. And and previously, um, we've we've looked at this different gospel that's come in about adding to the faith works and good deeds, and and this is what what Paul was about. So we're going to carry on today with, with part five. And today's titled Live Free. Live Free. Who saw the news on Friday? Tuned into any form of news program Friday? Not many? Okay. Well, I was on my laptop and a, a, a feed came up on social media. And uh, the feed was about the BBC News and it was about Hope for Justice. Hope for Justice is a Christian organization based now up in Manchester. Um, who we have the privilege of partnering with as a church, one of our partner um, agencies, because they are are about um, liberating modern-day slaves. Slaves that are caught either in sex trafficking or in work low-paid trafficking. And this was all over, 24 hours, over the news headlines, particularly on BBC News. And what happened in 2015, two Polish workers um, were, were caught, and many more were caught, and they managed to escape. And they got in touch with Hope for Justice saying, we've got many, many friends that are caught up in this this, this slavery. Can you help? And working very closely with the West Midlands Police, it was based locally, West Midlands Police. What happened? There was 400 Polish workers that were living in squalor. And uh, not just squalor, but they were being paid 50p a day. 50p a day, while their their ringmasters were were earning literally about 2 million pounds. And so working closely and through going undercover and various operations, fake top secret, on Friday, the, the ringleaders were sentenced. Isn't that? I think that's worth applauding the Lord. Because God is all about justice. God wants justice. When there's unfairness in our lives, God wants justice. He doesn't just turn a blind, he wants justice. He wants good to come out of bad times. And sometimes uh, Bad things happen to good people and 400 people were released from modern day slavery. That is amazing. That is amazing. Absolutely wonderful. So when I heard that, I was thanking God. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Now, that's an extreme case of slavery. But in our lives, we too can be slaves. Did you know that? We too can be slaves. Because if the definition of freedom is being able to think, speak or say what you like... And if we can't think, speak or say what we like, in a sense, we haven't got freedom and we are enslaved. Maybe not as extreme case as this, but it's true. Think about your life. Think about maybe in some of your relationships. Maybe there might be relationships where you don't, can't quite say what you, say what you really want to say because of fear what that person might think of you. Maybe some of us have been in situations where we've been in controlling relationships or in marriages where a partner's been overly um, dominant in a bad way and we haven't been able to be free to be ourselves. Maybe in our workplaces, we want to be seen to be doing the right thing so we can get that, that promotion that we really, really want and we're working hard and it's like, look at me, look at me. Is that really freedom? Yes, God wants us to work hard, etc. Work hard, but promotion comes from the Lord. Or maybe yourself, you feel that you haven't got a sense of freedom in an aspect of your life because of that well-known thing, fear of man or fear of woman. Fear of what other people will think about us. I'm sure many of us, even on that one, have struggled in the past. I've certainly struggled about the fear of man. What would people say or think about me in different areas of my life? We can be modern-day slaves, not as extreme as this, but in, in our mind, in our hearts, in our feelings, in our emotions. But you know what? God wants to bring freedom to every single one of us. Every single aspect of our lives where we feel we haven't got a degree of freedom, God wants to bring you into freedom. Isn't that great? Yeah. So today we're going to be looking at chapter 5, um, Chapter 5 in Galatians. And it's going to unpack about this whole aspect of living free. Living free. The big idea today is follow God and freedom follows. Follow God and freedom follows. The sense that if we follow God, if we somehow keep in step with what the Lord wants from our lives, that freedom follows. Why? Because his word declares it. Because God's nature declares it. God doesn't want you to live in freedom, in, any, sorry, in, in bondage, in slavery, in any of its forms. He, want you to, he wants you to live a free life. So, as we follow the Maker, He will lead us into the freedom that He wants for your life and my life. So, let's turn to the book of Galatians. And we're going to see what the Word of God has to say about this. Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. This is what the letter is all about. It's all about shouting out freedom. God wants freedom for all of our lives. But what was clear, that even though we might have been saved from our sins, if we're Christ followers, it's possible for us to not live in freedom. Did you know that when we come to that point in our life where we say, God, I want you to come into my life. I give control of my life to you. I want to be your child. God wants that for every single one of us, by the way. That we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Not everyone is a son and daughter. Everyone can be if they invite God into their life. But God wants us to, to be sons and daughters. But in that, we can know freedom from guilt and sin. Think about the worst thing you've ever done. The worst thing you've ever done. And you come to God and say, God, would you forgive me? I'm so sorry. Would you cleanse me? Would you wash me? Would you take it away from me? God says, sin? What sin? You're free. Yeah. Well, but sometimes there's an outworking of freedom. We might come to saving faith in Jesus Christ, but sometimes there needs to be a process of, but I'm still got not free in that area, Lord. Would you help me in that area? I'm not free in that area, Lord. Would you help me in that area? And bit by bit, gradually by gradually, God releases us and frees us as we follow him. But we've got to not be submitting again to a yoke of slavery. Let's carry on. Verse two. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you would be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accounts for anything, but only faith working through love. Gosh, in those five verses alone, there's a lot to um, unpack for us today. I wonder if we can have two volunteers. One of Michael, and Jude. and Jude. Michael and Jude, that would be great. Let's get up for Michael and Jude. Come forward, yeah. Come and stand, um, stand over here. So we, Leanne illustrated this this um, last week. And what we've got when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, okay, we are free, okay. Our sins have been forgiven. Um, now, in the Bible, there's different things that um, we can do in the Bible. And there's different areas, which are grey areas, which all around the globe are hot potato topics. Can a Christian do certain things? What must I do? Am I allowed to do something? So over here, we've got the legalist side. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. What must I do? What must I do? And here we have the liberal side. what am I allowed to do what am I allowed to do so what must I do what am I allowed to do and what happens sometimes when we, when we become both of these are sons of God yeah. great that's worth a cheer yeah. they're sons of the living God yeah. and on a journey with, with, in their faith with Jesus but let's take for example the hot topic of alcohol should a Christian drink alcohol Okay? I say that because it is a hot topic, and different Christians have different points of view. So over here, we we read our Bible, we studied it, and it's like, "No, you must not drink alcohol. I point you the finger. No. You must not drink alcohol. Okay? Because alcohol, if you drink alcohol, you'll get drunk and, you're, and it's not. And over here, we too have read the scriptures, and we feel, actually, I'm allowed to have a glass of. Of wine or beer. Or, I'm, I'm allowed to drink a bit of alcohol. I'm allowed to drink a bit of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so we're cheering. Yeah. And we're pointing the finger. Don't do, it. don't do it. So over here, the intention is good. It's like, don't drink because you'll get drunk and God doesn't want you to get drunk. Okay. Over here, well, I've studied the scriptures um, and I'm allowed to. Are both right? Well, that's down to you to decide. But both can be right. But, but we're not talking this passage about drinking alcohol. We're talking about the hot topic of circumcision. Because what happened is the Christian Jews have gone in and say, actually, if you want to be a follower of Jesus, you come to faith in Jesus Christ. And also, you must, men, get circumcised. Okay, so... So they're saying it's faith and it's works. But Paul writes here in verse 3 I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he's obligated to keep the whole law. If you do one thing, you have to do everything. The whole law. It's not just like pick and choose. It's one thing is like everything. Okay? But, but, but Jesus came to give us freedom. And it's not one, so basically, the answer is in verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through life. So this is our, our journey of faith the ought tos and what can I do. But it does lead to extremes. It does lead to extremes. You might identify with one of these camps, but be careful. The extreme is the legalist can point the finger and bring you down. I've known many legalists in my time. What does that do? Legalism actually brings things undercover. So people won't talk to you about what they really do. If I'm around a legalist, I can feel the legalist vibe. I'm not going to want to share with them because they're going to point the finger. In my life, as i was growing up as a Christian, especially in the early stages of growing up as a Christian, there were things I was doing. If I'd been around a legalist, it probably smashed me and probably would have got me away from church. God knows what he's doing. That's the danger number one. Danger number two, liberalism or licentiousness, license. One glass, two glass, three glass, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Suddenly before we know it, we're (laughs) hey. But pick your can I subject. Whatever it is, whatever it is, we just took that alcohol there. Yeah. Because that's no good either. Yeah. Yeah. Because he can fall from grace. Yeah. As can the judgmental attitude yeah. of falling from grace. Okay? Thanks, guys. Brilliant. Give up for Jude and Michael. So it's not about what we do, but we've got to be careful in our freedom to stand first. Verse one, it was stand firm, stand fast in your freedom. Stand fast. Don't be swayed. And over the course of time, the church with a capital C has swung many times from the pointing of the finger to it's all okay. But actually the safety ground is in the middle. Is in the middle ground. But also what you've got to bear in mind is each of those fellows, those two, but also yourselves, we all have different backgrounds, different personality types. (coughs) Some of us are all or nothing people. All or nothing. All or nothing with our Christian faith. When we're on for God, we're on for God. When we fall over, it's like... Oh. But the same can we be done with drinking alcohol. Yeah. With the things, the temptation. We're all or nothing. Some people have struggles with different areas. Right. Yeah. What the Bible teaches us is, is, to, is to live in grace with each other. If you've got a freedom to do something okay. and you're going to be hanging out with someone that hasn't got that freedom, yes. don't do it. Love says don't do it. Mm. Don't do it in their company. If you've got a freedom, don't do it in their company because they haven't got that freedom. If you feel, I'm a bit of a judgment, I can't do certain things. And you just, if, if someone has a different opinion to you, as long as it's like not the hot topics, as long as it's like a, not a non-essential Christian faith. Then don't judge people. Understand that the Christian theology and background, there is actually some grey areas. There is actually two points of view. It's not one size fits all. And if you think you've got all the answers, perhaps you're self-deceived. Perhaps I'm self-deceived. The longer I journey in this Christian life, the real I realise, yes, there are, there is black and white, but on certain areas, throughout church history. There's been contentions. And that's where theological debate comes in. Mm -hmm. Healthy debate doesn't keep things covered. But don't point the finger. But don't also go into excess. And it says six, for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Wow, that's amazing. Faith working through love. That counts for everything. It's not faith and works, like the Book of James. You show me your faith; I'll show you my faith by my works. It's faith working through love. We we love, and sorry, we, we work and we serve. We show our love because we have faith, but we're saved through faith alone. And verse jumping to verse thirteen, for you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. This camp. Don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed you see the tension we have in our Christian relationships. It's about love. Love is the love, and love isn't a feeling. It's the agape love. Love is a, a, a choice. A choice. I decide to love. I decide to show love. As we continue in verse sixteen, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh, for these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things that you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So what God is saying there, what Paul is writing is, actually, we've got two different, if you like, crave centres. Who's ever tried to lose weight? You don't have to, yeah, I have my hand's up. To different means, different means, Yeah. And the reality is, you can either eat the right things, think about eating the right things, or you can try and think about not eating the wrong things. Who knows when you think about not, not eating those cream cakes and those chocolate eclairs? Suddenly you're drawn to it, don't you? But we have two craves. Think about it as two spiritual crave centres. To our lives, a sense which wants to do the right thing. That what as a child of God, we've come to faith, we want to follow God and we want to please God and we want to do things that, that bless Him and, and know He's got a plan and purpose for our lives and He's got the best thing for us. And we just want to bless Him, but we've also got another nature in us which wants to do not the things that God wants because it wants to go back to our old ways, it wants to get drunk, it wants to um, be impure have sex outside of marriage. It wants to have, do sorcery and, and be angry and be strifeful and, and cause divisions. It wants to do all these things. But Paul writes, if we're led by the Spirit, then actually we'll do the things that please God and not the things. It's like focusing on the things of God rather than focusing on what I, <coughs> I'm being drawn back into. It's a fight. It's a fight. And the more we give into this way, the weaker we get. But the more we're led by the Spirit and listen to the Spirit of God in our lives, the more we get stronger, the more we fill our, our inner person yeah. and we get stronger yeah. and we love God and we serve God. We've got to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, the works of the flesh, that's this side, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual morality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, and the rest. Maybe you can think of other things that you think, well, I don't think God would like that, I don't think God would like that. God the list is, is, on, is endless. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things, or as the King James Version says, those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, i want to be honest with you. When I was um, I was fervent for the Lord. I came back to the Lord at the age of 19, and I'd just finished university. But there's still areas of my life that God was well, there were always areas of my life that God was chipping and out and shaping and, and moulding. But one area that was difficult for me was the area of, of drunkenness. What, what would happen is at a time when I wouldn't sort of uh, drink much at all. And then I had a certain crowd of friends that whenever we used to meet up, and these were, some of these were university friends, whenever we used to meet up, um, one drink would lead to another drink, lead to another drink, and I'd get drunk. Even though I prayed my prayers beforehand. Lord, I don't want to get drunk. And I was following the Lord, I was, and there was this tension inside me. And every time I, I did it, I, I felt so bad. And, and at that point, if we had Mr. Judgmental, and this is just one area, like there was many areas, believe me. And if Mr. Judgment says, oh, you, if he spied me in a, dr- in, a, in a pub drinking, and they went up to me and said, you shouldn't be doing that. It would have been too much for me to cope as a young Christian. But I was reading my Bible one day. And I was reading this passage. And I was reading verse 21 there. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And it wasn't a, but it was a gentle nudge of the spirit in my life saying, Dave, it's time for change. It's time for change. So I, I made a commitment that I wasn't going to drink alcohol at that season in my life, which made it really hard because in a few months' time, I'll be meeting up with those friends again for a weekend what was I going to do so I made an excuse on a Friday night not to be with them I was busy but Saturday came I knew I was going to have to hang out but I said God I've committed I've committed I've made this decision because I don't want to I don't want to grieve you Holy Spirit so the daytime was great because there was no alcohol involved There's no drinking and then it came to the evening and I made this decision for the Lord this is my, I'm not saying to you don't drink alcohol I'm saying this is my decision at the time because I, I, God was convicting me because it was a difficulty for me. It's not a difficulty for you anymore. And went to the, the first pub and one of the guys said, right, i want to get this round. What do you want? A pint of Diet Coke, please. <laughs> Can I tell you? I mean, my friends knew what, it, knew what it was to drink. I don't know how many pints. There's only so many pints of diet coke you can drink, <laughs> and uh, but and that time it caused it. it, it there, was, there was there was amazing conversations that happened. Yeah. Dave White, they weren't Christians. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I was able to share them in a non, just in a normal, natural way. Yeah. Actually, I don't believe God wants me to get drunk. Brilliant. And uh, they said, well, "Well, talk to me about that." And it was great. It was was liberating. And I felt, oh, the thing I was fearful of. I was fearful of their opinions. I was fearful of what they would say. But actually, I could stand for God because it was the Holy Spirit leading me in that area. And what area is the Holy Spirit leading you in? Into freedom in your life. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those two belong to Christ, Jesus crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And actually, to not go back to this area, we have to say no. No to the flesh. No. I'm not going to go back there. I'm going to follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit wants to lead you. How does he lead you and I? He prompts you. He prompts you. You know. You know in your heart whether something's right or wrong. You know in your heart whether you've gone too far or about to go too far. Pull back. You know. But the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit. So if the Holy Spirit, if Leanne gets says, Dave, Dave, you shouldn't be doing that. Dave, you shouldn't be doing that. Dave, she might get fed up saying, Dave, you shouldn't be doing that. And leave me to my own devices. Can I say? Can I argue? Actually, that's what Holy Spirit does sometimes. He leads us to our own devices. To actually we come back to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But follow the nudge. What is God saying to you in your innermost being? It's not about what's right. It's not about what I can I get away with. What is God saying to you about a different topic? Now, thank God he deals with us one piece at a time. If he came to us a whole life and think, right, sort that out, sort that out, sort that out. Being a bloke, I can't multitask. So he's gentle. He knows how we're wide, He knows how he made us so he can it's about but saying no and in verse 25 we live by the spirit let's also keep in step with the spirit let's not become conceited provoking one another envying one another if you like what he's saying is we live by the spirit it means when we come to faith in Jesus and become Christ followers yes I'm living by the spirit if you like I've got my golden ticket to heaven but that's not enough that's not enough because God wants us to live we want to become sons and daughters of faith but he also wants us to, to Keep in step with the Spirit. What is God's God saying to me? Oh, shouldn't do that. Okay. Okay, God. Okay. Ooh, and it's because he knows best. He knows best. It's not about rules and regulations. That doesn't earn our salvation. But he knows best for our lives. More importantly, he knows best for your life. Your life is individual from the person next to you. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're an individual. Someone once said, we're all individuals. We're all individuals. And what Holy Spirit nudges someone else about will be different to what Holy Spirit's nudging you about because there's different callings on our life. There's been times when I've walked out of cinemas at a film which is okay and my friends who are Christians could stay there because at the time I felt I couldn't watch it. Now it's not stopping a holy now. It's because it, there's a prompting in my heart that I couldn't watch it. Now it was okay for them to watch it it's okay for them to watch it. But I've got to obey God for myself. Very good. You've got to obey God for yourself yes. if you are a Christ follower. You've got to keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited and provoking one another, envying one another. So if I walked out of a cinema, I must not then point the fingers at those people that stayed, thinking, oh, look at you guys. That was me following the Lord's path for my life. What's Holy Spirit saying to you at this moment? And we think about those um, the fruit of the spirit. I want to be more patient. I want to be more have more joy. I want to have more peace. Now, Steve and Kate, uh, give away Steve and Kate. They went away to um, Madeira, wasn't it? Madeira recently uh, on holiday, and they asked if our kids could look after their hamster. Get that right, pet hamster, who is about ninety years old. So. Um, <laughs> Kids, whatever you do, treat it gently. Okay, so, um, so they looked after it. And then one day, Liam was around there with the kids, and Liam bumped into Steve's dad. And, Steve's, and some sort of conversation evolved around tomatoes. That's all I knew. And, um, and anyway, one, one day after they returned, Leanne said to me, I'll oh, go around to Steve and Kate's house. They've got some tomatoes for us. So me being Mr. Logical, I'd think, okay, either they're homegrown, they're probably homegrown, so come with a bag, put some tomatoes in the bag. So I came up to Steve and said, Steve, apparently you've got some tomatoes for us. Oh, yeah, come with me. He opened the back door. And I said, what's going on here? So he goes, oh, no, no, no. This is my mum and dad we're talking about. And when we went outside, there wasn't a bag of tomatoes. There was two tomato plants. (laughs) So Steve helped me carry them home. And uh, got back, and I said to Sophia and the girls, This is your project, here's the instructions. All you've got to do is they love sunshine and water them. Well, they certainly had a lot of water recently with the rain. So they were busy every day. And uh, now a tomato plant doesn't have to say, I've got to bear fruit, I've got to bear fruit, I've got to bear fruit. In the soil, in the environment of those pot plants, are the seeds to make tomatoes. So give it the right environment of water and sunshine, what they love. Apparently, within 50 to 60 days, they'll pop up. or oh, it might be less than that. They'll pop up. So they're actually re- they are really growing. And actually, the girls, are, they've heard something that. Like, if you speak to plants, apparently they grow faster. So they're there, busy, talking. Oh, I like you. Grow me some nice tomatoes. <laughs> actually, Isabella got hold of this and started no, don't grow any for her. <laughs> <Just> stop it. <laughs> so... Um, but you don't have to say, I must be fruitful. If we stay connected to Jesus, if we, the, if we follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our heart, then we will naturally develop the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Those great things of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Some you have an argument with your husband or wife. Disagreement with a colleague and you get that nudge don't be obstinate say sorry sorry (laughs) sorry back we just know we're following the maker as he leads us and guides us follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit so very quickly spring into land follow God and freedom follows three very quick things number one to live free and stay free. Remember, faith saves. Faith saves. God wants you. Wants nothing more than for you and I to become a child of God. But we say, God, I give you my life. It's not by what I'm going to do, but I come to you. I come to you. Would you set me free? And in the court of law, God says, as we give him our life, he says, you're free. And the shackles are gone from my hands. Whatever's been holding you in the past... God forgives us our past, forgives us our sin, and get, leads us into freedom. Brilliant. Faith saves. It's justification by faith. Just if I've never sinned. God wants that for your life. Maybe you're here today and you've not yet given your life to Jesus Christ. Or maybe today could be the day where you become a son or a daughter of the King of Kings, who loves you so much. Number two. Faith works. Faith works through love faith has got legs have you met Christians who it's all about me and my walk with the Lord I've got my faith in Jesus I love my times with the Lord and that is amazing but faith works not because it has to but actually part of us because of the love that we've received the grace that we've received the mercy that we've received we want to give back and faith works mm-hmm. through love. It's got legs. Love is a verb, as we often say. And I just want to share very quickly that um, in the life of the church, you know, we've, God is leading us into taking bigger ground, bigger territory, which we're processing at the moment as a leadership team. Right. And we need to really skill up, uh, not skill up, but um, increase some of the, uh, the, the, the teams with, with volunteers. Yeah. I would just ask if you're not yet on a team, and you'd like to look at the, explore the possibility. Doesn't matter whether you've been coming here for many years or for or one month. Just come and have a conversation with us with Leanne. Come and join the Dream Team that make this work, yeah. because we believe that God has got more for us as a church, and you can be a part of it. and And joining the team is it's, it's really great because it causes you to be able to build relationships with people yeah. like nothing else can. So and also life groups as well. So make a friend and make a difference. Making a difference in people's lives. So join the team. Mm-hmm. Faith works through love. Our vision, um, ministry is meeting needs in love. We're all about whether it's in this local church or outside the four walls, meeting needs of people in love. Because love, God loved us so much, He died for us. He paid the price, and now we want to give back. Brilliant. Not because we have to, because we want to. And finally, faith follows. Walk by the Spirit. I'm just going to borrow this guitar. Sorry, Liam. I've got a song for you all. you want to hear it? Woo! This is the day, this is the day. Who likes it? Is that okay? Is that, is that, is that okay? Thing is... When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, it's like we're, we've got, a, uh, we've, we've got a, a, a guitar in our hands. Got a guitar. But the thing is, if you want to make music, you've got to learn the chords. Now I only know a few chords, and about three or four chords so I've got. Th- D, D's an easy one for me. So. so almost. G. C. That's about it, I think. <laughs> Um, that's okay, is it? So, as a beginner, I'm learning my chords and I have to be reliant on my sheet music and what chords to play and the, the chord structures where they go on the strings and you And if you like, that's a bit like the law. The law is there as a tutor to guide us, to help us to see how to live right. But there comes a time when actually, through Jesus' death, he paid to give me a brand new guitar and through his spirit, Walking by his spirit. He wants me to play music. Not because I'm looking at the sheet music there and the chord structures. But he wants me to play from the heart. And there comes a time as we follow and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Actually we can. Not be lying on. And I'm not joining the band. Because these are the only three chords I know. Okay. God wants us to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. And he does that by following the promptings of his Holy Spirit. Follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. God wants to lead you in freedom. And maybe some areas in your life where you don't yet know freedom. Well, God wants to set you free. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Come Holy Spirit. Just know as I've been speaking today that Holy Spirit's been speaking to your life. And you just know an area in your life where you just don't know freedom. One of those areas for me when I was younger was actually a simple thing, it sounds simple, was I felt I couldn't go outside without feeling that everyone was looking at me. I went outside, I used to go into shops and I was blushing bright red. And they got to the point where, God, I don't want this anymore. And I asked my pastor, would you pray for me? I don't want this anymore. I want freedom in this area of my life. And so he prayed for me. It wasn't a special prayer, it was just a prayer. But what happened, God still wanted me to take steps of going outside. He still wanted me to go and face those fears. To do it anyway. Sometimes you have fears that hold you back, so you don't do it. You don't go those places. I could never serve on a team. Why would people want me? Who am I? What, what gifts and talents have I got? Well, God says, I made you. I made you. And I want to make you come alive as you serve him in different areas of your life. Fear of man. God doesn't want you to be entrapped by the fear of man. It's a slavery. He wants you to be liberated. He doesn't want you to care what people think because he wants to give you the Holy Spirit to give you courage and confidence to serve him to speak for him to love others on behalf of him whatever the area that is holding you back God wants to set you free and right now if you can think of an area of your life that you just want God I want to be free in that area I want to be free in that specific area I believe God asked me just to lay hands on you all I'm going to do is ask you to stand where you are not again, I'm not going to ask you to come forward we ask you just to come to the aisle. I'm just going to lay a hand on your shoulder and that is it. And And we're going to believe together that as you follow the promptings of Holy Spirit, you will be liberated in that area of your life. So come on right now, if you know an area of your life that you just want freedom in, I'm going to lay my hands on your shoulder and we're going to believe together that you will be liberated as you follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit. As you walk in the Spirit, not just live so right now wherever you are stand up to your feet just move towards the aisle so I can get access to your hand on your shoulder I'm going to move really quickly and right now all across this place just give you a moment thank you thank you Lord this moment just be, just be committing this area in your mind to the Lord just pray if it helps you close your eyes you have your eyes open or closed it's up to you maybe have your hands out in front of you as God is the area I'm presenting to you. Because God wants you free in every single area. But in this particular area, he wants you free. Right now. Right now. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be free. Be free in the name of Jesus. Be free, Be free, the Jesus. Be free as a son of the king. Be free in the name of Jesus. 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 Jesus. No, you know, the Holy power in your life. right now where you are just just uh, keep coming out to the Lord now declare where you are where you're standing say thank you I am free in you thank you I'm free in you thank you I'm free in you and next time you face that issue in your life follow the promptings of Holy Spirit and he will lead you to freedom it's not so easy but it came a time when actually I could go out in public and I wasn't worried Worried what other people are thinking about me. Happened over that course of three months. Because I was following the promptings of Holy Spirit. Be free. Be free. Just grab your seats. And it's my attitude of prayer where every head is bowed and eyes shut right now. God loves you so much. Maybe you haven't yet decided to follow Jesus. Maybe you're on that journey where you're discovering more about what God means and who Jesus is. But you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christ follower. You wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian. You might attend church, but you haven't come to that point where you've given your life, the control of your life to the Lord, to Jesus, and say, use me. And maybe today could be the first day of the rest of your life where you say, I'm going to become a son or daughter of Jesus. A son or daughter of a king of kings. Maybe you're a, 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 you are a Christian and your heart is cold. Your back's in your heart. Well, today could be a day where you just rededicate your life to him. So right now, wherever your head is bowed, and eyes shut, if you're saying to me today, i want to pray a prayer, prayer for you. I'm not going to call you forward or I should stand up. But if you're saying today, Dave, I want to become a Christian. I want to give my life to Jesus. Then right now, wherever you are across this place, raise your hand and I'm going to lead you in a prayer of salvation. Great. Let's say this out loud together. Dear Father God, I come to you today. I've sinned. I've done things wrong. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to make me a child of God. I ask you to help me in life. I give you control of my life. Would you lead me, as David has been sharing today? Would you speak to me? Would you show me your plans and purposes for my life and help my life to make a difference? In the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.